Hi, this is Russ Hackman, host of The Wall Street Sweeper. Coming up next, fall is often a volatile time in the markets and September is already off to a rocky start. Conflicting economic data has pushed long-term interest rates back to new highs and triggered further losses in bond funds. What can you do to protect your portfolio? Plus some great insights from the legendary investor, Warren Buffett. And now, The Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. Sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street and helping you get a clear picture of your financial life. Welcome to the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners. Offices around Boston, downtown Wakefield, Hingham, and Waltham. And it's all about helping you feel good about your journey, not only to, but through retirement, preparing for that Cat 5 storm that Russ talks about a lot and those other of the other of the big six retirement risks. Russ, also, of course, not only now in the financial arena, early years on Wall Street trading desks. So he lends his experience to the show uh, every week opening up. Russ, uh, we were talking about jitters on Wall Street. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Yeah, um, you know, fall is uh, always an interesting time on Wall Street. It it, it almost is there, there's a sort of a seasonality to it with, um, you know, the part of the year in terms of the returns having been defined traders all back from their you know fancy houses and whatever <laughs> and you often get the hamptons uh, the markets whipping around even as a uh, as a general matter but in this time of market volatility which has you know existed the last couple of years the market's down 20% last year or so the uh, the S&P bond funds down 15 20% last year and then this year We've got, you know, the S&P up 16%. We've got uh, bond funds, though, starting to be negative again for the second year in a row. We were talking, or I was mentioning on the intro, that uh, bond yields are ticking up again. Mm -hmm. In terms of the data that we've been seeing out there, what's sort of whipping the markets around, last week there was some benign uh, data around uh, the jobs market. Maybe that's cooling off a little bit like the Fed likes to see. And the perception is if the Fed is liking what it's seeing, then maybe they'll stop raising interest rates and eventually cut them, which would be perceived as supportive to the stock market. On the other hand, we've had some strong economic data uh, this week on the manufacturing side and in some other areas. And that then has caused the markets to reverse, the stock market to go down, the bond market to go down, these long-term uh, treasuries, again, um, yields ticking up. And I think it's, um, you know, maybe a blinding statement of the obvious, but it's going to it's going to continue to be interesting, Dave. No, it really is. And and that's what you're about. As I mentioned a second ago, you talk about the Cat 5 storm. It's not so much if, as you say, it, it's when and being prepared for that. And all of those big six retirement risks, those near retirement near need to be mindful of. Yeah, it is. As we as we get into sort of the fall season, you know, we have a lot of regular listeners and and, uh, you know, I meet some every single week, those that, that have uh, given us a call to come in and obviously our existing clients that uh, we've met, uh, you know, through the radio show. And, uh, yeah, it is a good time to sort of revisit the big six retirement risks. You know, what are those? Well, those are the kind of the six things, at least that I've categorized, that can get you in retirement. If you look at people who have had issues financially in retirement, it's typically one of those big six items. And the six things are, number one, outliving your money or sort of living too long or not having adequate cash flow. Number two is 
you know, the stock market having one of those cat five storms and down 50%, uh, as, uh, you know, you were saying, Dave, that one of those is basically inevitable in your retirement. Mm -hmm. If you look at these down 50% market moves, they come along, you know, you don't, you never have to wait more than 20 years for one and they can come in the next five years. You never know. Right. Uh, and you know, that, that leads me to think to to see that a lot of people have too much stock market risk, right? So even if I have sixty percent stocks, if the market drops in half, I lose thirty percent of my nest egg, right? Mm-hmm. And that's you that's don't not that. that's not uh, cool, as they say. It's very <laughs> uncool, actually. Fees and underperformance is the third thing. Fourth is taxes. Fifth, inflation. Um, sixth is uh, long term care. And those are basically the things that can get you. And when folks do give us a call, come in for one of our complimentary financial plans, our complimentary second opinion, we review your exposure to all of those risks and say, hey, if we were uh, the captain of your ship or or co-captaining with you, whatever the way you want to put it, then we would advise these changes to protect yourself against the big six retirement risks. And I talk with you know, even this week, I've, I've met a bunch of people, uh, both old and uh, and new folks, and um, just just reminded so many people have done a great job saving. I'm always so impressed. I tell folks, your job is to get in our door with a good number. Uh, but so many folks and we talk about, hey, the, the number one thing to do when you're in good places, don't screw it up. The number one way to screw it up is lose money. Right. So let's cover off those risks and let's offer that opportunity, Dave, to the next five cars that have saved five hundred thousand dollars or more for retirement. That that opportunity to come in for a second opinion. You got a glimpse of what that fortified portfolio could look like for you and your retirement. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Next five, no cost, no obligation. 617-674-2000. Coming up, Hackman Wealth Senior Vice President Clear here. with the Wall Street sweeper sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street and clear here is senior vice president and partner with Hackman Wealth Partners, a part of this show, sharing a lot of the uh, the case studies, uh, a lot of the strategies implemented after someone called in from the radio show most times and coming into the office and, and talking with Claire and Russ and the team. And then, you know, I know, Claire, you, you pick up some things. Sometimes they're red flags. Sometimes they're things that you can make some suggestions for. I mean, you've shared that with us on the show. In this case, you're getting some questions about real estate. And it probably is important to have multiple streams of income in your retirement. Are you getting more people looking at that as an, as an additional stream of income? Yes. So we have several clients, in fact, that have rental properties already. And and the income from the real estate that they own can also be very helpful sort of to plug any gaps they might have in their cash flow. So people are counting on their social security and their pensions, but they might have a shortfall and they say, gee, if I just, you know, own some real estate or if I already do, that rental income can be a big, you know, help for us. However, you know, we had one particular client and he was, you know, had his portfolio pretty well structured to meet his needs during retirement. But he said, you know, I'm thinking of taking 
money out of this one account and I'm going to buy a home. And he showed me a picture and he said, this is in a great area. And I know I could buy this, fix it up and sell it. And I know I'd, you know, make a profit on it. Mm -hmm. Now he had a lot of, um, you know, confidence in this. And again, someone that has done this in the past probably knows what they're doing and they, you know, he might be correct. We also know that real estate can be very volatile and, you know, it's something that we don't even really necessarily consider when we put together people's financial plans, when they say, gee, my house is worth X and I have a mortgage Y. And so this is how much equity I have, because we know, in fact, as all of us know, the real estate market changes constantly and you could sell that house and what you thought you had may not be in fact what you thought you had. So we just, you know, try to steer people clear sometimes from like starting a real estate investment if they've never done anything in real estate before. Mm -hmm. So this particular client, he seemed that he had, you know, enough experience and background that it may have been, you know, an okay idea. And we would definitely encourage him to go forward if that was what he wanted to do. But if someone said, I've never done this before, but I'm thinking about doing something with real estate, we'd probably steer them away from that. People often underestimate the time that's involved in managing properties. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you all know that. And <laughs> yeah. And tenants and, you know, having to fix things that, you know, are not in disrepair. And so, We'd say, gee, if you really don't understand the real estate space and you've never done this before, it's probably better not to start embarking on that while you're retired. You know, there's a lot of other risk. You could be in a geographic area that, you know, again, it's hard to understand like how things might change in terms of any even like, you know, storms, et cetera. If you're going to buy Florida real estate, you have to worry about insurance. So we would say, you know, probably, and we've told clients, if you haven't done this before, maybe this isn't the time to start. Yeah, and uh, you, we were talking before we uh, went on the air here about you were citing concerns. You're seeing more to trends of concerns people are having about their emergency fund, which is critical to have, and taking a look at it and saying, do I have enough in there? Yeah, so a lot of people will actually say, you know, I'd like to retire, but I don't, I don't know if I have enough emergency funds, and that's going to be something that's going to help cover medical expenses, especially if they don't have a long-term care policy, which most people don't these days. Any other type of unexpected expense that you might have, any large expense. So having that emergency fund available and there is really important. And people again may say, I don't think I have enough, so maybe I should still keep working. So a lot of our financial plans do reflect the fact that you should have enough sort of self-insurance to cover those unexpected expenses. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's important to have that. I mean, that's part of that whole diversified retirement approach. One thing on real estate, somewhat real estate, and I'm just wondering if you're seeing a, even a higher trend on this when people retire on their home, maybe the home they raised their kids in, they had it for years. Are you seeing more downsizing now? I think we see a combination. Some people, um, it's been interesting to see, you know, I have one client that just downsized and ended up living in a duplex with her son's in-laws. So they were on one side of the house and the, the son's, you know, daughter's parents were on the other side. So I thought that was sort of interesting that they were technically downsizing. Yeah. And then I've seen other people that say, you know, I've lived here my whole life and I really want to stay here. And even though it's a larger house, I feel that I can afford it. And, you know, I want my grandparent, my grandchildren to visit. So I see, you know, some people are saying, no, I'm not going to move. A lot of people seem to struggle with trying to decide whether to stay in the Northeast or buy something in Florida and rent that or, you know, own that for part of the year. Yeah. So quite a few of our clients, especially as we live in, you know, a cold climate, are contemplating 
you know, that do I have enough to like rent something in Florida for at least three months so I can get away from the snow and the cold? Or do I really want to, you know, purchase something there? And so oftentimes we are dealing with clients that, you know, set aside some money in case they want to make that decision and, and buy something in the South. And another thing on the real estate, are are you are there ways, because you did mention accurately that it could be a big headache if you've never done it before to manage that. Are there ways to invest in that without the headache? Yes. I mean, there are things such as real estate investment trust, and those are probably an easier way if you want some exposure to real estate, but you don't want to manage it on your own. And that's those are particular funds that are that are put together and they'll invest in different properties, but you're just, you know, basically not involved at all in any sort of management aspect. Mm -hmm. So that would be one thing, but, you know, a little bit more complex of an investment than maybe people are ready for. It depends on their own, um, you know, goals and their level, their ability to understand those investments. But I would say that that's probably the most common way if you weren't going to do it yourself. Right. I don't want the 3 a.m. calls, definitely. But I actually would, if I'd not done it all my life and I haven't, I may want to get you to show me some other options, some alternatives. But I mean, that's what it's all about. The process clear. When, when, when people meet with you, you go over so much after learning about them. And you actually, you, Russ, Jack, you open the schedule on this show every week uh, to make these comprehensive reviews available. Yes. And anyone that is out there listening today and you have over $500,000 in investable assets, we'd like to invite you to come to one of our offices and meet with us. And we'd be happy to give you a complimentary review of your financial portfolio. Uh, And it is a great opportunity to schedule 617-674-2000-617-674-2000. This is available to the next five at no cost, no obligation. Again, 617-674-2000-617-674-2000. More Wall Street Sweeper, lots more coming up and Russ is back. back with Russ Hackman sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street. It's what they're all about. That's Russ Clear. You just heard from Jack Young, who uh, will welcome to the show next week and helping you get a clear picture of your financial life. And that is critical to have if you're near retirement. Uh, Russ, I like some of the uh, fe- new features on the show that we're, we've got every week. They're really good. And then that's not just because I'm doing some of them, but I'm not doing all of them. <laughs> yeah, no, you've got the team doing good work. Babe. We've got we got the team doing good work, and and some of them are are pretty uh, pretty entertaining. I I I like this one. It's not it's about the lottery, but it's not exactly the kind of story you think. So let's let's hear it. Bad money habits. money habits. If bad money habits constrain your financial progress, it's time to alter your behavior. Here's another bad money habit to break. Thinking you'll win it big in the lottery. Big in the lottery. It would be nice, and we can certainly dream. But if you think about it, is there really any need to buy more than one Powerball ticket? Here are the odds of winning the big prize in Powerball. 1 in 292,201,338. So let's say you buy 20 Powerball tickets. You just increased your odds 1 to 20 in 292 million. The odds of finding a pearl in an oyster shell are just 1 in 12,000. You're way more likely to date a supermodel. Be crushed by a meteorite, be elected president, or become an astronaut than to win the big lottery prize. It's not even close. 
So while it can be fun and people do win, it certainly can't be your retirement plan. You know, I've heard a lot of people jokingly say, and some seriously say that's their retirement. They're playing the lottery. They're <laughs> well, playing. I will tell you when the Powerball, <laughs> the Mega Millions gets to like a billion, like I, you know, I, I, okay, I get it. Like I'm more likely to be hit by lightning, but yeah, I, I'll buy a ticket. I'd get a ticket. Yeah, but and sometimes, you, and sometimes I'll buy, a, you know, I'll, I'll put 10 bucks down. But and you'll get like, so, several. Then you have, but. Then you, have you know, <laughs> 10 chances in 300 million instead of one exactly. chance, 300 million, or I guess that's five tickets. Oh but, my gosh. Yeah, exactly. You know, but no, I, think I do people kind of fall into two camps. Like they, they, they think, you know, when I meet people, they're like, I never played a lottery. It's a stupid waste of money. Or people are like, I love it. I think I find more people that say they love it than not. You know, and but, most and hopefully fun. folks don't, you know, you know, obviously the statistics are don't play the, don't play the lottery, but you know, it's, I guess it's a little like going to play the slot machines. You're you should not look really at it as a fun to thing. win based big money, but right. it is you know something to talk about. And if it costs you know a couple bucks, a big deal. Not a retirement plan though. <laughs> Definitely. Not. Uh, yeah. Anyway, and then I think there's been don't they have those sort of TV shows where they show the people that have won the lottery, and of course the money's like ruined their lives, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what I would do, and I would be crazy generous, especially if I won that big one, you know? I was thinking that, too. Like, I mean, I almost think you have an obligation to become a philanthropist. Yeah, right? I think you would. I yeah. mean, if you're saying, like, the first thing I'm going to do is buy a $50 million jet, I mean, I think you're— I could care, couldn't care less about that. You're sort of—but— there's some, there's such a thing as karma, you know, like if, if you don't, if you do nothing good in the world, cause you want $500 million, then right. somebody's coming for you, I think. Yeah. Right? Now I'm not saying that I wouldn't, you know, see you and say, let's put what I'm not giving away to work for me. You know, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's protect yeah. this. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, good lessons to learn. And, um, you know, we've got some great, uh, I do like these, um, these, um, uh, you know, little vignettes that we're playing. We've got, uh, you know, a couple more to play today. We got some quotes from Warren Buffett. Yeah. Uh, who I always love to quote. And, you know, when we talk about that category five storm, you know, that down 50% market move, you know, what he says is, Hey, a way that he says it is don't have any money in the stock market. You can't afford to lose half of at some point in the next 10 years. So I'll look forward to hearing those Buffett quotes later, but, uh, before we do that, let's let's transition, Dave, to an, another opportunity for folks to call in, get on our calendar, get a second opinion, get our viewpoint on how you can increase your cash flow, reduce fees, improve performance, manage your taxes. Those are all things that we look at. And uh, in a lot of cases, uh, I'd say almost 100% of cases, there is some good wood to chop. So let's offer that opportunity, Dave. Next five, no cost, no obligation, 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. Coming up, questions from listeners, Russ will answer. Sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street, it's the Wall Street sweeper, Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners. Russ is on this show every week, along with Clear here and Jack Young, part of the team, uh, just giving the information that we need to know to be prepared, especially entering retirement, where our risks should be, where our money should be, and preparing for that inevitable Cat 5 storm and not running out of money. 
That's probably number one fear, isn't it, Russ, among retirees? I mean, obviously, it depends, Dave. Um, some folks, and, and it, it it's interesting. It doesn't necessarily depend on the amount of money that people have. So I, I mean, we I've have met folks that have millions of dollars, and they're very worried about running out of money. Mm-hmm. And I got people who, uh, you know, have. $900,000 and they're not that worried. Right. Right. And that, you know, and, and part of what we do obviously is to give people a sense of, you know, should you be worried or shouldn't you be worried in terms of, of that particular concern for the most part, the people that we meet, you know, if they, especially if they have seven figures plus, uh, as a single person, a million and a half plus as a, couple generally you know those to me are kind of the numbers that if you give us that raw material we can give you a plan if you don't have any crazy bad habits or anything like that <laughs> we can give you a plan that will uh have an extremely high likelihood of you not running out of money right mm-hmm. so um as we sort of talk about you know those concerns you know, we ha- also have a list of things that I wanted to go through of kind of a common mistakes. Yeah. And um, in that light, uh, we've got a list of a few that uh, our office put together uh, in from some of our various conversations. I think, you know, number one uh, mistake is having too much money in stocks. We're talking about. You got to find that cat balance, five, right? The balance. Right? We we're talking about the cat five storm, but the easy way that I look at you know, do you have too much money in stocks is, I mean, some might say it's a little oversimplified, but, you know, again, it goes from from Mr. Buffett, like, okay, stocks can drop in half at some point in the next 10 years. So mm-hmm. if I have, you know, the equivalent, I can take my portfolio, I can see what percentage stocks it is versus what percentage bonds or cash it is, then, and see, okay, if I have, you know, the equivalent of a million dollars in stocks or seven hundred thousand dollars in stocks, then I can chop that amount in half and say, hey, I'd lose three fifty or five hundred. And how would that be for me? If the answer is I would, you know, be crying in my pillow or, you know, whatever, then probably means you have too much money in stocks. You know, other things that we see in terms of uh, areas of concern. Sometimes people go the other way, that where they have almost nothing in stocks. And that, um, that's not horrible in the current environment. They should have some growth, right? Most Somewhere. people should have, I mean, you can get growth on safe assets, but I think most people should have, I mean, the extreme, you know, 10, 15, 20% of their money in stocks. You know, I like the adage of you should have the amount of money safe that is equivalent to your age. So in other words, if I'm 60, I'd like 60% of my money safe. Mm-hmm. I could have 40% in stocks. And safe means safe money that can't go backwards, which we talk about all the time. We do, you know, other mistakes are things that are not addressed that we meet with people and we make sure they get addressed are, uh, you know, people say, well, I, you know, I think I'll make it to like 83 years old. And, you know, that's okay to think that based upon your family history, but on the other hand, you know, there's plenty of people who are 95 and 100 now who the last thing they thought was they were going to live to 95 or 100. So Do most people underestimate life expectancy? I, Did you meet I with- mean, it happens. It certainly happens a lot. And it's our job to say, hey, if you are still here at 95, because the chances aren't zero, mm-hmm. then, 
you know, we want to make sure you got cash flow coming in. We want to make sure that we have a long term plan, a plan to leave assets, not to the government, but leave assets to kids, so on and so forth. Um, in any event, it is a good opportunity, Dave, to transition to another chance for folks to call in, get on our calendar, get that second opinion to the next five calls that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. And as Russ said, no matter how much money you have, that fear could still be there. Just to make sure you're fortified, uh, talk about it with Russ and the team. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. And uh, it's the next five, no cost, no obligation. Coming up, wisdom from Warren Buffett. Yes, with the Wall Street sweeper and Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners. I'm consumer advocate Dave Perkins, 25 years in the financial arena and bringing so much experience to the table and working with people and getting them right for their retirement early years on Wall Street trading desk. And uh, that's going to be a lot of the theme of his book. We'll keep you up on that and when that's going to be available. It's going to be a minute, but it's going to be a great book. Well, now, Russ, it's time for questions from listeners. And this is how you submit your question to Russ. It is the website. Go to hackmanwealth.com. Click the radio tab at hackmanwealth.com because Scott did. And he says, I plan to retire at 65, should have about 2 million in retirement accounts, as well as about 3,500 a month in social security. I'll own my home that is currently worth around 850,000. Does the 4% rule apply to me if I don't want to leave anything behind after I die? In fact, I don't, I don't want to die with any money in the bank. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get that. I mean, I you know, with a, the proverbial, uh, you know, folks say, "Well, I want my last check to bounce," right? Or, right? Things like that. Sounds like that, uh, Scott. Or yeah, or yeah, I wanted. I, I've had people say, "Give me the die broke plan, Russ." <laughs> uh, but in in all seriousness, uh, you know, a couple of things to bear in mind. First of all, this four percent rule, like a lot of the old rules of thumb out there, I don't like them. And so, in other words. You know, four percent rule says, "Hey, you can you can safely take four percent out of your portfolio every year and be confident that you're not going to run out of money." But to me, what that means is, okay, well then, I know the markets are going to be volatile over the next twenty to thirty years, and we're going to have some down years. My whole portfolio will be down in some years, even if you know we've fortified it here at Hackman Wealth Partners. You're going to have some down years, right? And so. If you're observing this 4% rule, therefore, it means, well, if your portfolio is down, 4% times a lower number is a lower number. And so, therefore, we got we to gotta cut like our travel and our retirement mm-hmm. expenses when the market goes down. And to me, it's like, no way, right? To me, what we like in one of our chapters in the book, and we talk, we've talked about it on the show, is, is what we call the turn off the TV plan, which is we've got a budget and and we can budget for and and we always do want to budget for spending more in the early years of retirement what we call the go-go years mm-hmm. right and you want to budget more but also i don't want that budget to change cuz the market was down last year right, right. you don't have to want to keep adjusting it exactly the turn off the tv plan says hey honey i saw on the tv the market's down 5000 10000 points it's like well turn it off we're 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 not changing our lifestyle next we're, year. we're good to me that's job number 1 is getting yourself in a spot where the 
movements of the markets do not influence how you feel emotionally and how you need to con- how you can conduct your life in retirement. That to me is the objective of good retirement planning, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it is kind of hard to die broke too, because you always got to have a little money set aside. Like, what if I need some long-term care? Exactly. Right? So you have to have. You, know, that. you don't want to be at the mercy of you know government funding for that. I, I, you know, or something I, I really in place. Don't think you want that, right? So yeah. Anyway. Uh, let's head, let's head along to the next one, Dave. I do have some suggestions for Scott on how to blow the money. If he will call me, I'm kidding. All right, Al new listener enjoying the program. I understand this may sound like a dumb question, but once you retire emphasis on this next word, how do you take your withdrawals? Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, the question can be interpreted as, you know, where do you take your withdrawals from? Um, I mean, if you have a financial advisor, your financial advisor will facilitate taking money out of out of wherever, you know, it's decided to take money from. Mm-hmm. But a uh, a more in-depth question is, well, which money do I spend first? I mean, you know, we meet a lot of people who have they have IRAs, they have 401ks, they may have an inherited IRA that they, you know, receive from parents. They may have a Roth. They may have what we call taxable money, meaning it's already been taxed. And it's sort of like, okay, well, well, which one do I spend first if I need to tap, you know, if I need to tap into assets? Um, And to me, the order is typically to spend inherited IRAs first, because you're going to have RMDs on those anyway, required minimum distributions. Spend IRAs first, again, for the same reason, or after that. Uh, and then we spend taxable money and then we spend Roth money. The Roth money you spend last because it grows tax free forever. I may have gone through that kind of quick, but that's, you know, that's what a good yeah. financial advisor will do is say, and, but it, but also where you draw money from can depend on what's going on in the market. So in other words, let's say I have, you know, two buckets of money, basically I have safe assets. Let's say I have 60% safe assets, which, According to me, everyone should have, uh, and and forty percent that can bounce around mostly in the stock market. Well, if the stock market is down, then I don't really want to be sort of rating that money, right? Mm-hmm. And but if the market has been skyrocketing, maybe I do want to draw on that. So this sort of which what's the tax status of accounts and which assets am I going to draw from? Um, am I drawing from income? Am I drawing from principal? Um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to do there. And, and, you know, that comes, uh, as part of putting a good plan together is, is, you know, which, which do we, uh, which part of the piggy bank do we, do we tap into first? We have time to get in Roy. He says, I'm 64 next month and plan to retire in December of this year, 2023. My wife is 62. I'm the high higher wage earner, and I planned on waiting till 67 to collect Social Security. My wife works part-time and earns roughly 27000 a year. Now, can my wife start Social Security right away when she turns 62 and then get the extra spousal benefit when I start taking it at 67? And the other question is, will my wife's Social Security benefit be reduced since she's still working a part-time job? Yeah, so good questions, but um, no, you really cannot sort of bounce between your own benefit and your spouse's benefit. You know, you're interpreted once you start Social Security as taking whichever is better for you. And she may well 
have her benefit reduced if she's working at that time. So I generally, if you're still working, I generally tell people to wait till 67 at least. We also like to, uh, if it's a couple, have somebody wait to age 70 uh, if they can, because ultimately then whoever's the longer living person will get that, uh, will get that higher amount. Even that social security planning, social security strategy, pension strategy, lump sum versus not, uh, it all comes as part of these complimentary second opinions uh, and complimentary financial plans. So let's do offer Dave another opportunity for folks to call, call in again on our calendar next five that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. And no cost, no obligation to the next five, 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. Again, to schedule with Russ and the team, 617-674-2000. Coming up, pearls of wisdom from legendary investor Warren Buffett. you get a clear picture of your financial life. That's what it's all about. For Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners, and for the team, clear here, Jack Young, also a part of this show, The Wall Street Sweeper. I'm consumer advocate Dave Perkins. Uh, Russ, we're going to tap into the Oracle of Omaha in his mind. And, and of course, he has some rules for investing that he swears by. So interested to get your take on some of these audio clips of uh, from Warren Buffett, you know, it's basically like this first one. It's uh, his overall mindset with investing. You've got to be prepared when you buy a stock to have it go down 50% or more and be comfortable with it as long as you're comfortable with the holding it. If you're going to, if you're going to look at the price of the stock and think that you have to act because it's doing this or that or somebody else tells you, well, I mean, you know, how can you stay with that when something else is going up or anything? You really, you've got to be in the right psychological position. And frankly... Some people are not really careful. Some people are more subject to fear than, than others. Well, there's that quote I'm always using about, you know, a stock or, or stock, the stock market in general can yeah. go down 50%. But, you know, he's right that um, generally feel people, people feel better about the market when it's going up and worse about it when it's going down when – you know, the opposite is basically what probably should be true, mm -hmm. right? In the sense that, you know, if the market's getting cheaper, at least if I'm actively investing, then that might ha give me an opportunity to get in and get a better price, right? So psychology is a big part of financial planning. Yeah. It's a big part of managing your retirement. And uh, emotions, you know, unfortunately, are also right a big part. Yeah, they need to be exactly. tamed. Let's get into some of the other quotes too. I want to talk a yeah. bit more about all this, but uh, let's get into some of the other quotes that uh, we want to play. We can kind of talk about them all. This is right to the point. The only reason for making an investment and laying out money now is to get more money later on, right? That's that's what investing is all about. Can I just say real quick, at the risk of lightning striking me, uh, I have the utmost respect for. Um, utmost respect, I should say, for Warren Buffett. Uh, but some of the statements are kind of Captain Obvious here. A little bit. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's true, but people, it's sometimes the obvious is what's missed. And in That's many true. cases, it's obfuscated by Wall Street deliberately, right? So, you know, we're going to get into some of his other quotes like, don't lose money well, or keep your fees as low as possible. Uh, or don't have too much stock market risk, yet 
if you look at many of the portfolios that we see when folks come in that is you know been sort of advised to them by their advisor or they've done on their own or sort of the conventional wisdom 60 40 or whatever a lot of those um portfolios that we see are at odds with some of the obvious like hey look at these fees right or maybe they're buried that's a good point hey what if we drop your account in half look at how much you lose and people you know just haven't because they're not in that frame of mind, they haven't necessarily thought about it. So sometimes you have let's hear to some hear of the it. other quotes. Uh, this is probably the most quoted. The first rule on investment is don't lose, and the second rule on investment is don't forget the first rule, and that's all the rules there are. I mean, that uh, if you buy things for far below what they're worth, and you buy a group of them, you basically don't lose money. Well, he knows about not right. losing money. Well, he, I mean, in in a sense, like, oh, he's. Uh, <laughs> He is, um, you know, talking about his ability to find cheap stocks, right, or inexpensive stocks, mm-hmm. and 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 ha- having done that, you know, his view is he can't lose, and that, I mean, he's got billions to prove it, right? Right. Now, what does this mean to like us regular mortals? Scale well, it down a little bit for us, right? The way that, <laughs> yeah, the way that I really view it is, look, uh, it it's, it is sort of this, you know, some of the some of the obvious adages, but. Uh, Again, rule number one is if you're in a good place and I and virtually everyone that comes into our office is in a pretty good place. Mm-hmm. Right. And the rule number one is don't get out of a good place. And and how do you do that? Well, you lose money and then you got, you know, warrants saying, well, you, you if you if you had money at risk, too much money at risk, you 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 forgot lesson one and two. Right. Right. But <laughs> in any event, that is the key to. Good planning is protecting and growing what you have, right? And not being in a risk situation such that you might have to go from a, you know, a very secure position to a less secure position because you had too much risk. Because if you're in a secure position, why take too much risk? You really don't need to. And maybe we're, we're being a little repetitive here, but almost... You know, the conventional wisdom has most people walking around with more than half their money in the stock market. And I just do not believe in that. Um, and, you know, just that's one of his quotes, all, the, all these cycles. Right. You know, yeah. And Warren's got billions. Let him have, you know, he's got most of his money. in stocks, One is about 50 percent, afford- <laughs> isn't it? Are you willing to lose 50 percent? Um. Yeah, well, that's what can happen, obviously, yeah. in, 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 if you look at financial history in these big market downturns, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if that's the first thing we look at for folks is, do you have too much risk? The other thing we look at is, do you have adequate cash flow? Do you have a tax plan? Are your fees and performance lousy? And even within those few, almost always we find something to fix when folks come in. What's the final quote that we got, uh, Dave? Here it is. The biggest mistakes I've made by far are mistakes of omission and not commission. It's the things I knew enough to do, they were within my circle of competence, and I was sucking my thumb. And that is really, those are the ones that hurt. Those are the big, big mistakes. Huh. It's interesting. And Warren does do a lot of sort of kind of self-analysis, if you know what I mean. He's probably beat himself up a lot. But I think... It, it does draw the point that taking no action is an action, 
right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks out there are sitting with portfolios that in the and if you're listening right now, you're sitting there saying, you know, I know that there's probably something going on in my portfolio that isn't great, or I really don't have a plan to invest the to uh, tackle the big six retirement risks. I don't have a tax plan. I don't hear from my advisor enough. I'm concerned that I have hidden fees. Maybe I got too much risk like Russ is talking about. And and sitting on your hands and not doing anything about that, that is an error of omission that can cost you. And you don't have to come come see us, but you know, you should get a second opinion on your financial on your financial plan because there is almost always something worth fixing and addressing. And let's do offer that opportunity, Dave, uh, a good good chance to uh, provide that uh, that opportunity for folks to call in, get on our counter, get that second opinion, get a fresh look at a plan that tackles the big six retirement risks. And when it's at no cost, no obligation, and that is to the next five, why not get that second opinion? It's some of your time. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Again, 617-674-2000. Coming up, more from Russ on navigating a volatile fall. Wall Street Sweeper and Russ Hackman. We opened the show with Russ, president of Hackman Wealth Partners and offices around Boston, downtown Wakefield, Hingham and Waltham with fall being uh, tending to be volatile in the markets. And Russ talked about some market jitters. So, Russ, we're going to continue that conversation and some interesting cross currents that start the volatile fall season. Uh, what will be? What are we going to be looking at ahead? I mean, there's there are so many interesting forces out there moving the markets in different directions, and reminding our listeners that the purpose of talking about all this is not to be like, well, hey, I'm buying in September and selling in October or whatever. That's mm-hmm. not obviously what we're doing with financial right. planning, but I think it's good to have insight into what's moving the markets in different directions. How does that tie into long-term financial planning, the way that my portfolio should look? And, you know, what we're seeing here is, I've talked about this year, it's like, okay, well, yeah, the S&P is up 15, 16%. It was up as high as 20% through the end of July. It's kind of been bouncing around since then. We've talked about, you know, some of it is hype around artificial intelligence and how that's supposed to change the entire world, which, I mean, I guess it'll change the world, but I, I mean, I don't think it's changing the world tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Right. And and you see some of these stocks that just skyrocketed, like, you know, NVIDIA and, you know, the S&P, yeah, it's up 15, 16%, but without those top seven or eight stocks, it's only up 5% or 4%, right? So it's like... Gee, yeah, there's, it's a little concerning that there's not as much of a balance from last year's there's way off fiasco, yeah. right? I'm seeing like, oh, man, like if for anybody still hold on to bond funds, you know, those are down between you know, one of them, you know, the, the, the main uh, index fund in the bond market is down 2%. Some of the longer term bond funds are down 5%. So it's like, Again, bonds are not where you're going to have your safe money. And so it's like, oh, gee, like then if I look at like how does this really impact us? Well, it's yeah, 
interest rates are remaining very high. It's having a big impact on, on the housing market, which is kind of frozen with people unable to move because it's a, it's so expensive mm. to get a new mortgage. So we talk to people in the housing market. So just good to have a read on kind of what's going on out, out there. Uh, and uh, as fall kicks off here, you know, summer wasn't exactly uh, a, a slow time for us meeting with people, but it is a good <laughs> chance if anyone was sitting on the beach this summer, you're looking at your portfolio, you see it bouncing around, you see those bond funds extending any losses if you still have any of those. Please do give us a call next five cars that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. Come in and see us for a second opinion. Yeah, we start uh, looking at things again in the fall. So come in and get a, let them get a look and a second opinion opportunity here or initial consultation, 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. Meet with Russ, Claire, Jack at one of the offices around Boston, downtown Wakefield, Hingham and Waltham, 617-674-2000. And we'll see you next week on the Wall Street Sweeper. Russ Hackman, Claire Hare, and Jack Young are investment advisor representatives of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Wealth Advisors, LLC, BWA, a registered investment advisor and an affiliate of Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. BWA and Hackman Wealth are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BWA, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by Russell Hackman, Claire Hare, Jack Young, and their guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject covered. Any comments regarding safe and secure products and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by BWA. Indexed or fixed annuities are not designed for short-term investment and may be subject to caps, restrictions, fees, or surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuer. Agents receive payment in the form of commission and or other compensation, such as a percentage of the organization's profits from selling an annuity from the insurance company. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all of our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interests of our clients and to make full disclosure of any conflicts of interest, if any exist. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV2A Item 4, for additional information.